My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. Hey, good evening, Elizabeth. Hi. <laughs> how are you and yours? Doing well, doing good, well. How about good, you? Good, really, really well, yeah. So I am always curious other people's family traditions. Oh, nice. I love this topic. I feel like my family is still so young and we're still adding traditions, right? And I thought of this the other day because I didn't realize for all the Catholics that listen, you can earn a plenary indulgence year. I think it's the whole month of November, but it usually is the first through the eighth. If you go to a cemetery and pray for the poor souls, you get a plenary indulgence. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's, that's great. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting what you pay attention to as an adult. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a new thing. We went the other day and I think we're going to go once or twice more, you know, over the next week. And Nice. It just, it's great for kids to see. And so that kind of got me thinking, what are some other family traditions, whether they're yearly or weekly or, you know, that you guys do or did when all your kids were home. Right. Because I love hearing what other people do. Yeah, no, it's a great topic. Because I was a convert, things came slowly. So I did. I wasn't raised with any kind of tradition myself. My husband's French Canadian and, and there's there tends to be quite a bit of tradition, particularly around Christmas, both faith and family type traditions, but there's usually some aspect of faith wrapped up in it. We sort of were exploring together what traditions from his his background, okay, what did they actually mean? And how can we insert them into our life and which ones do we want to? But also what I would read stories and things like that and or books by Catholic parents about the kinds of things they did. And at first I felt kind of overwhelmed by it. And then I thought, you know what, what if I just do one thing. And so we end up, we have tons of traditions, especially sort of through Advent and Christmas. So maybe we'll focus on those ones. Maybe in sort of in the new year, we could talk about kind of Easter type traditions and Lenten traditions, because it's more sort of time appropriate, but that's okay if I can just sort of stick with those ones for the moment. So basically we, every few years we'd add more traditions <laughs> into our life so that we, you know, ended up having this huge host of traditions. In terms of of, uh, yeah, for November, there's a praying for the dead. So we always made sure that we would go to All Saints Day and All Souls Day. We always had an All Saints yeah. party. And interestingly, just because of the demographic here, it's been probably five years since we've had an All Saints party. But now there's all the grandbabies whatnot coming up and young people in our parish. So we had our first All Saints party on All Saints Day, which was just very, a very young group of kids. And it was lovely. So what we used to do with our kids is they would always choose a saint and dress up as a saint. And then they would do a little write up, right? With my help or depending on their age, right? Sometimes I would do the write up if they were very young, they would get up and either them or depending on their level of shyness or age, the mom might read off the clues or the little write up. So they wouldn't reveal who the saint was. They would just reveal facts about the saint and then people could guess. And then after that, we would do a litany of saints. So we would take all their name. We would do the, the normal sort of litany of saints that's in our you know, hymnals and whatever, the litany of saints. And then we would add in all their name saints and all their saints that they had chosen for all saints day. Okay. Yeah. And we'd have a little party. So it's tricky because Halloween is the night before all saints day. So if you do Halloween, it's sometimes a bit of a turnaround to do that. So we would try and aim for something in the afternoon and it wasn't sugar focused, you know, like oh, we had, good. so for this one, we had crackers and cheese and cut up fruit and things like that. So we had a nice little party 
but not uh, right. sugar-oriented. <laughs> And not in the evening because sometimes we had to have it in the evening because of the time frame and whatnot, but it's easier with younger kids to have it in the day because Halloween's been the, the day before. So just some <laughs> pragmatic tips on running an All Saints Day party. But it was lovely to do that. And I, I know my daughter was telling me that Kendra Tierney on her blog yeah. has costume that would could be used for Halloween and for All Saints Day. So there wasn't two sets of costumes, right? So that's a really good idea. How can you take this right. basic costume and turn it into, you know, a fireman and then move it into something else or turn it, you know, from a puppy dog into something else, right? So apparently there's some really good ideas for that on, on her website. So, Well, and also she has a book. I don't know if you're familiar. I know she has her Instagram and her website, but her book, Catholic All mm-hmm. Year, I just got mm-hmm. it. And yeah. That was one of the ideas. Has some yeah. good ideas. We had some food traditions that went all you know all through the years. There's a really good book called um, I'm going to hard time pulling the name up. Uh, it's a cookbook for the seasons of the Catholic year. Okay. I will put the name in the show notes because I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, but we've had it for a long time and it just had some really nice ideas and it would explain why this particular thing is a tradition for this particular season. Starting at the, you know, usually the end of yeah. November, sometimes, you know, December 1st or 2nd, we have Advent and we had a lot of traditions that started around Advent. So the first one was to do an, a Jesse tree. Do you guys do that? I never did it growing up and I have had a hard time okay. getting that going in my family, hopefully this year. Okay. Yeah. So a Jesse tree, the idea behind it is salvation comes from this, the root of Jesse. We go through salvation history. That's basically in a nutshell, that's what the Jesse tree celebration is, is you're, you're going through the history of salvation, the characters through the history of salvation to the time of Christ. So you're starting right, you know, at the very beginning of the Old Testament, right through to the time of Christ. So there's a nightly reading. And depending on what you choose, you know, there's different Jesse tree readings, but you can choose ones that are very, very simple that might just have one line from scripture about that character that you're talking about. Uh, And then there's some where you would actually get out your Bible and read the whole reading that might take, you know, five to 10 minutes. So this is a lovely tradition. But the idea of the Jesse tree, traditionally, there's sort of a branch stuck in a pot and you hang ornaments on it. So every time you have one of the the ornaments are all symbolic of the uh, people you're reading about. So it might be Noah, it might be Abraham, it might be Isaac, and you're hanging these on the on the tree. When I started thinking about the Jesse tree, I thought, you know what, there's just no way I can manage that because we have all these little kids and I just can't manage hanging ornaments on a tree, even making the ornaments or whatever. Like I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. But I thought, hey, wait a minute, if I made a paper tree and I stuck it up on the wall, the kids could draw the symbols each night and post them on the tree, right? So it would keep their fingers busy while we were reading the the Jesse tree readings. And then they could stick them up in the tree. And this has ended up being a really awesome Jesse tree celebration because there's nothing breakable. There's nothing the kids can get into. It's stuck to the wall with masking tape. You know, I would just take a piece of like black mm. poster board or brown poster board and cut sort of a basic tree shape. And then I would buy little um, or cut little squares of white paper or rounds of white paper. They would draw their little symbol and then it would get stuck up on the tree. So there'd be each one of them would have their own symbol on the tree. So mm-hmm. when we had all the kids at home, the tree was just, you know, crowded with stuff. <laughs> So we would have a nice drink, um, you know, like hot apple cider or hot chocolate or whatever. 
and have our Jesse tree readings, put them up on the tree. So that was, that was one of our Advent celebrations. And then a few, several years ago, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, I started reading a Christmas carol. So we do the Jesse tree readings and then I'd read a Christmas carol during Advent as well. Uh, just because it's such a beautiful story. Those were a couple of the Advent things we did. We also had to, like a Feast of St. Nicholas. And when we wanted it to be really clear to our kids that the Feast of St. Nicholas is not the same thing as the birth of Christ that we celebrate on December 25th. Okay. This is a feast day and somehow it got all wrapped up together because it's in the same season. But this is who St. Nicholas is. And this is the story of him. And this is what we're celebrating on Christmas morning. Really important to us. So we would just have, my kids would wake up on the feast of St. Nicholas and there would gifts for them, right? And usually it was something to do, new Playmobil or a a family game or something like that. So something that they could do when, you know, the excitement is building towards Christmas and some gold coins, right? Like the chocolate coins. The night before that, they would write a letter to the Christ child and it would go in the middle of our Advent wreath and it would get taken away. I think that was a tradition that actually came from the Trap family singers. I think that was a tradition that came out of that, that our kids thought would be neat to do. So for years and years and years, they write a letter to the Christ child. So they write a letter saying, you know, dear Christ child, they would yeah. say what they would like for Christmas. And then they make a promise of some yeah. sort that they will say a certain prayers or they will try to you know, be kinder to their brother, or it could be any kind of spiritual um, offering that they make, or I'll try to be more helpful to my mom that went in and then it would be gone the next day. So when they went to bed at night, the letters would be put away. And uh, that was, so that was that little tradition. Yeah. So lots and lots of things. And yeah, the Advent wreath as well, right? Do you do an Advent wreath? Yeah, we do. Actually, I just ordered a second one this year because I want one lit during our dinner. And then one in the other room during our family rosary to be lit. So that's that was new this year. That was actually probably the first tradition we started. And so for those who are unfamiliar with an Advent wreath is that there's four candles in it, three purple ones and a pink one. And each Sunday of Advent, there is a new candle lit. And then you can light it while you say your prayers or while you have your dinner or whatever. You can leave it on for the evening. You go through a lot of candles that way. (laughs) You light a new one every Sunday with the approach of the birth, the celebration of the birth of Christ. And then the pink one, Gaudete. So the, the Sunday before the last Sunday, before either Easter or Christmas, is a special Sunday kind of just acknowledging uh, we are on the brink of this big, big, big feast. This is uh, this is just acknowledging how close we are now. So that's a very easy tradition to start because you just need uh, an Advent wreath of some sort. It's usually just a round ring of some sort with four candle holders in it. By the way, I'm going to put this link in the notes. There is a young couple who have a honey business. They're a Canadian. They're in Ontario who have a honey business and they've just kind of redone their whole business and they have a new website and they have all these beautiful products that they carry. One of them is Advent candles in beeswax and they're not the wrapped kind, like the waffly type. They're a solid taper beeswax candle. You get the three purple and the one pink one. And I believe they ship to the States. I'll double check that, but for our Canadian listeners, yeah. listeners anyway, but they're mine are on their way. I ordered two sets because I thought, Oh, I just want to make sure I have my beeswax candles. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let this be a reminder to all those that use Advent candles. Order them now. Yes, order them because now. Because I always forget. And then it's like three weeks into Advent and we finally have our candles. I always save my stubs from the previous year just in case I forget. I know. I, I usually do that. Last year I didn't. They must have been so so tiny. I just threw them out. But yeah. 
So, yeah, so that's a very simple tradition. If you don't really have anything in place, uh, you can do that. And I've seen some people also where they have like a felt advent wreath that goes up on the wall, uh, you know, like a wall hanging, and they actually just put a little felt flame each Sunday. If they have little kids, they don't want them getting into getting into actual candles. <laughs> I'll tell you the last Advent thing we do. We have so many Advent things we do. It's just ridiculous. Um, And this one's sort of phasing out. We only do it now when the grandkids are over. But we do an Advent procession. So we we do our readings. We do our Jesse tree. uh, We say our prayers. And then we do a procession. So we sing an Advent hymn. The one we sing is, O Come Divine Messiah. We sing it and we process around our house with everybody either holding a candle or one of the characters from the from the nativity set. So a sheep or a lamb or or whatever. We've got this beautiful nativity set. When my kids got married, I started them on their own, but it's the, it's in a little Italian made resin set so the kids can play with them and they won't break. And it's called Fontanini, but they're really, really beautiful. The, the, so I started them off with like a holy family. And then, you know, every couple of years I add something to it. So they have, you know, the sheep and the cows and the wise man and all that. So over the years, hopefully they can have a, a full set, but they're nice because the kids can handle them. You don't have to worry about them getting wrecked or anything, right? They're, they're kind of pricey, but you can also get the little, you know, Walmart plastic sets as well. Right. Which is nice to have so the kids can actually play with the, with the crash. Right. Yeah. We have a couple sets and I think one of them is the, the, was it Fontanini? Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think it's a beautiful have- set. Joseph and Mary. and Yeah, so there's, you know, things that you can do that are very, very little. And I would say the process of gathering all those things probably took 10 years or more, you know, from the time we first got married, kind of, okay, let's do an Advent wreath. And then a couple years later, okay, we want to make this a little more interesting or engaging for the kids. And the idea of the Jesse tree was really attractive because it has uh, this, you know, understanding of the history of salvation that just, you know, you're dripping on them, right? I think, I know I've said this before, but don't be afraid of, okay, how am I going to possibly fit this in, in our schoolwork? Because you can cut your schoolwork way, way back and make this a unit study. So you're studying your history and you're studying all kinds of stuff, Mm -hmm. church history, and you can bring art into it as they get older and music as well, right? You don't have to feel like you're not doing education. If you weren't doing anything else except kind of a rich Advent tradition, then they would be getting a great education, right? And even things like discussing, you know, the, the colors, used at the during the liturgical seasons just helping them notice you don't have to do a big study on it when they're small so oh look you know everything's purple right now and oh why is it pink today that's all we need to you know we just need to engage them in what's going on around them right yeah my sons love uh, during advent what what color is the priest gonna wear this weekend you know because it's like is it the pink or is it still the purple you know we had kind of a thrill on uh what night was all souls monday no tuesday tuesday and we went to mass. It was a beautiful mass. It was this really stormy night. It was just perfect to all souls kind of celebration. We have a cemetery at our church, right? So that's, it's always really cool to wander in the cemetery after, after the mass. But the priest was wearing black vestments and I've never seen that. And it was beautiful as black vestment, kind of Ooh. silver design on it. But boy, it really makes you notice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was cool. Um, <laughs> uh, there's one tradition that I start I tried starting a couple years ago and then the next year I forgot what day it was on and so it was too late (laughs) Um, have you ever heard of Martin Mass so it's the Feast of St. Martin yes which we just had right no it's on the 11th yeah oh that's right yeah okay yeah so 
making lanterns and doing a little procession outside. And so, yeah, we did it a couple years ago and I got mason jars and, you know, we always have tissue paper for gifts. And so I just cut up a bunch and the kids mod podged it on and we did a little, you can buy votive candles that are battery operated. And so we just put them in the jars and that day it ended up snowing like 12 inches. And so the kids got all bundled up and we went out in the snow and, and, but then the last two years, I forgot what it was called Mm -hmm. (laughs) that feast. And I forgot, you know, so this year I plan on doing that, but I guess there's a couple ways you can make lanterns. You could do Mason jars or you can get cans and fill them with water and freeze them and then hammer nails into them to make designs and then melt the ice and then put the candles in and you've got little patterns from, yeah. So I'm going to try this this year. We'll see. That's brilliant. We'll share pictures on Instagram so we can see them. (laughs) I will. Hopefully, hopefully I can get it done. (laughs) So yeah, sorry to bombard you with all those all those uh, Advent traditions, but yeah, really important to note that they, we just start slowly, right? And it took a long time to build up to all that yeah. stuff, and now there's some things, you know, that we're we're phasing out. But even though it's only you know really Lydia at home now, we'll probably do it anyway, like we did last year, and everybody was gone. You know, we did the Jesse tree yeah. anyways, and so that was really nice to have that just be something we continue to do, you know. And what what will Albert and I do when it's just us? I don't know. <laughs> Funny, Amy, go over to grandkids' house or something. <laughs> so when when do you get your Christmas tree? Do you wait or are you? Oh, always the big debate. Um, usually the Sunday before Christmas, generally we put our Christmas tree up about a week before Christmas. With kids going off to college, that had a natural uh, waiting thing because we wanted to wait till they get home before we put the tree up. So it was usually this. So sometimes they weren't home till the 20th or whatever. And then we would put the tree up when they got home, like that same day or whatever. And we usually, you know, have nice, you know, music playing and drinks and whatnot and uh, put the tree up. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the day after Thanksgiving. So <laughs> our American Thanksgiving people, we go yeah. get our tree, put it up. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm nice enough to wait for my kids when they go off to college. <laughs> I know. I've heard other people say that. That's way too nice. <laughs> yeah. My kids know Christmas and getting the treats like my favorite day of the year. So. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have tree farms around there that you can sort of we go do. to a tree and kind of make a day of it. Yeah. That's yeah. so nice. When we lived in California, we just got our tree from Costco. Like Costco would cut down a bunch and have like their little parking lot tree farm. Right. That's what we'd do when we lived in California. But yeah, now we can actually go and bring our little saw and nice. (laughs) Yeah, and then you know it's fresh too. Yeah. 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 So why don't we uh, plan on? on in the new year talking about lent and easter traditions i think that would be really neat um we didn't we do have another couple minutes can i share what we do at christmas you could share what you guys do yeah yeah because i've talked all about prior to christmas (laughs) Christmas. (laughs) my husband's french canadian and 
we grew up, I grew up with Christmas, but it, not with any even understanding of what Christmas really meant. And when I did find out that it was a Christian holiday, I was a little bit jaded about that before I became Catholic, right? So I thought, why are we celebrating this? Doesn't even make sense, you know? When Albert and I met, his family tradition was that they would go to midnight mass, and that's how they grew up, and then they would open their gifts after midnight mass, so at like two in the morning, and then they would have a big feast. <laughs> middle of the night and then they would sleep and their mom would get up and make a Christmas dinner you know that's to serve that night right but they would sleep till you know two in the afternoon or whatever I thought okay this is a very cool tradition and at the same time not very practical for a big family in those days they would just leave the little ones at home with somebody and go to midnight mass with the bigger kids and all yeah. of that well it, you know that didn't j really jive with me so we decided we would go to the like the evening mass the family mass that was at you know sometimes seven eight nine o'clock at night and then we would do the feast which is in it's a french feast called réveillon which means awakening we would do the réveillon after mass so it was still late at night it was still dark it was still you know had a, this lovely uh vibe to it but it was all done in secret so i would do the whole thing in secret and as my kids got old enough like you know maybe 12 or 13 they would help me put the secret together but nobody was allowed to go in that room and so i'd have the whole table laden with we'd have we have christmas crackers big fruit trays and meat and cheese tray and then meat pies which is the traditional french christmas eve thing you know at uh, food this have this big feast in the you know which would go usually till about midnight and then the kids would go to bed and uh yeah and then christmas morning we would get up and open gifts like normal people not in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> that's lovely okay are your meat when you make the meat pies, do you serve them warm or cold? Okay. You can serve them warm or cold, actually. They're just, they're pork and hamburger with spices that's boiled together. And and it's kind of, the meat is in a little bit sort of on the dry side, mm -hmm. um, if you know what I mean. Like you drain it. So it's not like, um, it's not like crispy meat. It's It's been simmered. Okay. And with bay leaf and, you know, different spices. And then my family likes it cold, but at Réveillon, I usually put it in um, in the oven for 15 minutes or whatever. And the other part of that tradition, the secret, is that the baby goes in the manger. So the baby's been not in the manger the all of Advent. And that night they come home and baby's in the manger, right? Oh, lovely. That sounds great. Yeah. It's a really cool tradition. I'm glad we we uh, really stuck with that. And you know, my son-in-law is actually both my son-in-laws are, are Polish or, or partially Polish. Um, they do a Christmas Eve a, po a Polish thing, which is really cool because now that's kind of you know become something we usually go to. And and they have this incredible Polish yeah. meatless dinner before mass, right? Wow. So that's uh, that's super. Well, we cool. do we do the Christmas Eve mass as well. So whatever it's like six or eight kind of changes every year, I think. I don't know. But so we do the evening mass. And then um, we usually come home and um, we try and have dinner before that. So it's usually a crock pot meal. It's really nice. Um, and then when we come home, depending on what time we get home, it's either sending the kids to bed or if there's time, we'll um, toast with sparkling cider. Yeah. Um, and then oh, nice. yeah. we do Christmas gifts in the morning, but the tradition that I picked up from my upbringing is that the kids are not allowed to go downstairs until my husband and I go and check and make sure Santa came and we start, you know, the coffee right. and, um, 
you know, turn on the lights. And so we don't have a fireplace, unfortunately, but um, just got everything warm and cozy yeah. and then the kids can come down. So it's, you know, whichever of us is downstairs getting everything ready, nice. we hear the giggling and the, you know, stomping around. Like, can we go? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Our kids, we would always put the presents, they'd always want to put the presents under the yeah. tree early. And I always said, nope, nope, that all yeah. happens Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I will, um, if I think I have a blog post on some of our Advent traditions. So if I can think, if I remember to, I'll put the blog post in the show notes that sort of shares some of the stuff that we did. Fun, but fun to hear from our re- our listeners as well. Like, share what you do because if there's other traditions out there, I think it's really neat yeah. to have to be able to sort of have a smorgasbord of traditions we can choose from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So on the Facebook or email you, I guess. But I I'd love to hear what other people. Yeah. Think. Or maybe when we put this episode up on Instagram, I'll invite people to um uh to share their traditions. Yeah. 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 This is my favorite time of year. I, I love the warm coziness of being at home with the kids. And yeah. we plan on this year reading Christmas Carol as a family. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's we bought so it good. last year and then never got around to reading it. So, But we do fun. that every night. We read a chapter of a book. So this year it should be a really good. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We should probably wrap up there, but uh, have a wonderful week and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. Okay, God bless. Bye.